Hey, it's Sean Fennessy, host of The Big Picture. Did you just see the latest tentpole blockbuster? Or a surprisingly fun new movie on a streaming service? Or maybe you just want to bone up on the greatest films ever made? From reviews to rankings, career retrospectives to movie drafts, and everything in between, The Big Picture is here for you. Listen to The Big Picture for free on Spotify. This has never happened before in the history of the BS podcast. What? We did, I did a siren call for you. Mm-hmm. And I heard it. I, we did the rewatchable stepbrothers. <laughs> and we were talking about your scene <laughs> or one of the scenes. And I was just like, I love her. I got to get her on a podcast. If she's listening for some reason, you have an invite whenever you want. And then what happened? My husband, who has been just an, an enormous fan of yours from like, Grantland days, even pre-Grantland days. Nice. Yeah. He's a heartbroken Sonics fan for forever. Oh, that's all the Sonics fans like me. I defended them. That's why. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Free Darko day. Like, he's like a whole, like, he, anyway, he heard it. He heard the siren call and was like, I mean, I think that the 25 years that we've been together has kind of led to this moment. This moment with. Like, I really do feel like after this, he might have gotten all he has needed out of me. And, and then you, I you've might, had we kids might for him, on. right? Yeah, too. So he even through pregnancies yeah, and childbirth, so. I think it's this led was more to impressive. This, to this moment, I think after this, it just might kind of like fade into, <laughs> he's like I think it might you. be it. Yeah, I think he might have wrung it dry. <laughs> so he's listening and he freaked out and he's like, oh my God, yes. you got to do this. Yeah, and I was like terribly excited too because I feel like my into you has not been, no offense, has, been, has not been sports just because it's that's not been my like, but I have always appreciated how much you appreciate the weirdos. Like, I yeah. love, I really have appreciated that. So I was really excited to talk to you. I'm a weirdo appreciator. Yeah, I know. I, and I appreciate that so, as a weirdo. Well, you've been weird in a lot of different movies. And at some point <laughs> you. when you watch this from afar, you go, that person's probably at least a little weird in real life. Maybe. Tiny bit. Who isn't? I guess so. I mean, I, do you get typecast as being weird? What happens? No, I mean, I feel like I'm. I feel like I had always been denying it, and now I feel the older I get, the more it's a kind of a badge of a little bit of a badge of honor. I love a weirdo. What's the weirdest character you've played so far? Mm -hmm. I have some ideas, but I'd be interested to see what your take is. Um, I think maybe Chris and I love Dick. Um, which we shot here, by the way. It was interesting. To, you to, did? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome to drive on a lot and be like, oh my gosh. Um, but I think because she just was, there was so, um, she just was harnessing so much feeling at the same time, I think. So you like the situations where it's someone who's seemingly normal, but there's mm-hmm. a lot more going on. That's like the, mm-hmm. one of the dream characters. Mm-hmm. But I think, because I think it's also like, there, it's so human. Yeah. And I think as I, I, you know, I mean, who, who doesn't, I mean, I think we all kind of, uh, put on a layer of that. I mean, it just, just feels like middle school to me. <laughs> yeah. Why'd you start so late acting like in things? I didn't. I you didn't start late. No. I mean, I started in, Oh, you were doing like plays and stuff, but what made you actually want to be in front of the camera and stuff? Um, I had, I mean, I, I started, I mean, I went to school for, I started when I was a kid, kid in Cleveland. Give us your whole background. Okay. Grew up in, I mean, grew up in Ohio. Um, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Cleveland. I was just there for the finals. Yeah. I was hearing about it. Yeah. 
It was oh. fine. Yeah, yeah. Cleveland, uh, well, rocks, as they say. Um, I was a curtain puller at the Cleveland Playhouse. Not wow. an actual curtain puller, but that was like the name of the thing. I moved to, um, yeah, I was always acting. Always, always. It was Where'd you go like to college? Northwestern. And you were doing theater in that? Theater there. And then I went, did Willi- the Williamstown Theater Festival. I went to grad school for it. Um, uh, at Yale, which always sounds, I always, for some reason, always hard to say it out loud, but I was really proud of it. I got myself in there and, um, nice. paid, you know, paid my way. And so what's your goal at this point? At that point, it was to do theater. Um, and, um, I, uh, you know, I think it was like my Midwest, like work ethic, like blue collar, like there was, I, there was nothing more holy to me than being in a dark, on a dark stage with like a ghost light with a bunch of scrappy barefooted, you know, (laughs) other weirdos. Theater people. Theater people, like making, making something together. Like I, there was, that was the holiest place in the world for me. Um, Was that, was that feeling? And always, always trying to capture that. Like I loved that feeling of being in an ensemble. Mm. Um, so you were like jealous of those Christopher Guest movies, I bet. Ugh. That would have been like, you could yeah. have been in any of those. The Christopher Guest movies, but also like there were some Danish movies, like there's one called The Celebration, which I was like really, really down with. There was some, um, there were some f- French movies that I was like, oof, Yes. <laughs> Yes. Like I loved a David Lynch film. Mm. Oh, Wild at Heart really got into my craw when I was in uh, when I was in high school. Um mm. When um, did you meet your husband? At Northwestern. We were oh. like we were like freshmen and we were there was like a there was a pretty um intense like flirtation and then we got serious like serious I guess under like beginning of sophomore year, basically. And then we've been, and that was it. Yeah. A I mean, we definitely had a hiatus, to, yeah. if you know what I'm saying, but which was imperative in our twenties. And then, but you know, we basically talked the whole time through it. And, um, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. See, I feel like if you end up with somebody you met freshman or sophomore year in college, there has to be the hiatus. Yeah. And if there wasn't the hiatus, I actually am worried for you down yeah. the road. I mean, it was like, you know, like I said, we talked basically through it, but it was, st- yeah, it was imperative for us. And then we eloped on our 10-year anniversary up to Big Sur. You eloped? Yeah. Which was awesome. I, his parents were divorced. My parents were divorced. We were like, let's not take that show on the road. Oh, that's <laughs> why we like each other. Yeah. I'm a child of divorce. You are. Yeah, we're bonded by pain. Yeah. My pain parents, and disappointment. Pain? And just tra- constantly seeking, being used against- just wanting to be heard. Yeah. <laughs> looking, just looking for, just love and approval. Yeah. Yeah. Just most wanting to per- be held. Most creative people are from divorced families, I feel like. But my parents no, didn't get divorced no till they were 30. Really? Yeah. So but how like old were you? But they kept saying they were going to get divorced. So we were like sitting in that like waiting period. It was a game of chicken. Yeah, it was just like wait until you get out. They basically were like waiting until we got out of the house. So it's just like guys, just do it. Like waiting until my brothers got out. You know what I mean? My wife's in a phase now because I have a thirteen-year-old daughter, <gasps> where they're just feuding all the time. 
she's not threatening at the worst. She's just threatening to leave. She's like, I'll just leave. <laughs> Kyle's hurt. Nephew Kyle's hurt. She's like, one day I'm just going to be gone. And you'll wonder what happened and I'll be gone. And nobody knows if she's serious or not. So she may, she may be gone when I get home today. I don't know. Just idle, idle fun threats for the whole family. They might not be idle at this okay, point. Okay. 13. 13's rough. Wait, have you seen eighth grade? Not only did I see eighth grade, but my daughter and I interviewed the director of eighth <gasps> Together? grade. Together? Yeah. Oh, and I gotta was listen cool. to that. That was cool. I have not seen that yet. My daughter on my podcast is so much more likable than she is in real life. Are you serious? <laughs> but you know what? It is a hard, I have an 11 year old son and it is, I mean, my heart is like, I don't know how to handle it. It's, the online stuff. Well, no, he's or, not, he's not checked into any of that. Like he's checked into Fortnite. Yeah, that's some, my son's 10, same thing. Yeah, really Fortnite's deep into it. driving a lot of it. Yeah, he keeps asking, he keeps saying like a new skin's coming out. And I'm like, God, this sounds real Nazi Germany to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they keep asking for new skins. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It's but all, they're really it's all into cosmetic. It. Yeah. Well, yeah. they play with their friends. I'm actually, yeah. so I've got, I've come, come around on it. Because initially mm -hmm. I'm like, oh man, my son's this video game. And that's it. But on the other hand, like he's interacting with his friends yes. all, like at night. Like when I was a kid, when you were a kid and we saw our friends, we had to go out of our way to see our friends. Yes. But now he, they're in his life kind of every day and it's, yes. I'm kind of jealous of it. And especially here where where you can't just like go outside and see your friends right. and like run around. So you'll get kidnapped. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's our, like, our, the neighborhoods we came from, you could just kind of be out in your neighborhood all day. Now, I never I'm, saw I'm my I'm kidding parents. about the kidnapping thing, but like. In LA, you don't like your kids don't go, hey, I'm going to leave for four hours and I'll yeah. be back later. We were just Doesn't talking about that. that. We here. were like, my mom was a stay-at-home mom and she knew so much less about my life than yeah. I know about my kids. And I'm a working parent. I think so that was busy. our generation though. Yeah. We just kind of would be able to leave from 2.30 to 6.30. Yeah. Just kind of go. I never saw, yeah, but like- I know, and I miss. Like I, we would, I would, I would just go explore like abandoned houses. Like it was the best. Like it was so crazy. Yeah, but Fortnite is. It, that's Fortnite now, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, that's you, what it, that's what Fortnite you loot is. Abandoned houses. I played it with him, and he he videotaped me playing it because he was so delighted by how bad I was at it. Like I yeah. couldn't look up. Like I could not figure it out at all. And because I wanted to like get in there with him. Um, we're not meant to, I've tried, I spent my whole summer trying to be good at it so I could play with him. And I just think the Twitch, the Twitch factor of like yeah. younger people versus older people. Yeah. We're just too old. I'm not opposed to it on a, like, a, on like an Xbox screen. It's the like iPad, the iPad. dive bomb crap that oh, yeah. is, gets me sad. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like when he's like this, I'm like, okay with it. But like when they see little kids like this, like. It, that gets me sad, but anyway. especially like when they're at dinner or something like that. Oof, I know, I know, it's hard. I do a lot of judging of other families. I know, I really, really, and I'm not really, saying I really, have the greatest really family, but I do a lot it's of judging. Very hard. Thirteen-year-old girl, though. That's gonna. I have a nine-year-old daughter. Um, oh, so you got? So like, I have two kids. My favorite age for my daughter was six and ten. <gasps> oh, ten okay. was great. Okay, love ten. Okay. We're having a good time with like, yeah. Nine, ten is awesome. Is awesome. The, the boys are, once they, once you realize that there's not something wrong with them and that the, all boys are just late bloomers, it's actually yeah. great. When He's they hit like eight, nine, ten. Man. They're both tremendous. It's just like, I, you just realize like, 
it's this like breaking through into this next phase. Like his is like, oof, it's like the emotional life stuff that's happening. Like the, you, my heart's just like, it's just breaking for this, like this next chapter. Cause you just know it's his is going to get broken. So, oh, that is, you know, he's just, he's just starting to like be vulnerable to things that I can't, that it's like, it's time. It's like, that's what it is. Like, he's just going to be, he's going to get his heart broken. So you're like, okay, okay. In all ways, not just, I'm not just saying like romantically. It's just like, okay, this is what's about to happen. And I just have to like <sighs> surrender, you know. Do people in his school know like you're his mom and you're the lady from this movie or that movie? Like, is that even a thing? I mean, he cannot really, he hasn't been able to see anything I've done. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably for the best. No, I mean they did. Yeah, they haven't been able to see like Hotel an, Transylvania. Anything. Oh yeah, Hotel Transylvania. It's a but big movie in the Simmons family. Out. So they saw it and they were like, "My daughter thought it was cute, but my yeah. son was like, had kind of aged out of it. Like he dutifully saw it, but." Um, well, stepbrothers hit a point that uh, <laughs> my son's ten, but he just he had to see it. Like his friends. Did he see it? Once it gets, oh my god. Okay, I, have, I should not admit this to you, but I'm what? going to. Yeah. Bill Simmons. What? He shouldn't see it? I saw it with my children, but I fast, they don't really know that I was in the movie because as I started watching it, I realized you that fast forward I over could the... not show them one part of me in that movie. And so they really, they know that I'm at a dinner scene just quietly eating, but they don't really know anything else. And then I forgot about the nutsack on the um, on the on the drum drums. set. And my daughter started going, what is <laughs> what is that? Oh, no. And I was like, I feel like yeah, you're I bad traumatized parent. her. And I, I was like, that's a scrotum. And she's like, how did it come out first? <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I shouldn't be admitting this Why to did you I people. Do this? Yeah. Anyway, so listen, kids parenting. are gonna see whatever they want to see these days. It's pretty easy. It's true. It's true. I fat when I showed them step brothers. I fast forwarded over the first scene when you like mall. Yes. But I John. forgot about the second scene. Which is the second When you scene. pulled him away, I, I forgot that you actually start having sex with him in the next room. <gasps> right. And then you fall through the kitchen. And yes. I'd forgotten about that part. Yes. So my yes. son was That's giggling. That's in the extended like, cut, I think. Yes. That's what we watched, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we saw the extended cut, which okay. was a mistake. Yeah. The yeah. move, which I had done most of the time, was to tape the Comedy Central or TBS version yes. of the comedies because they cut out all the stuff. It's yeah. great. Like you can watch Wedding Crashers on TBS. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the sanitized version. It's yeah. not quite as funny, but yes. it's for them, they can watch it. They can watch it. I want my kids to have a sense of humor, though. I've, I've made this case before. Like, I don't want to shelter them. I want them to see stuff that's funny. I didn't let them watch Sausage Party. Like, right. you got to draw the line somewhere. I know. But like for real, for real quality. I know. That's true. Like, I mean, I show, we showed them, I remember showing them Jaws and I was like, okay, well, this is like a, a legit, well-made beautiful movie which hinges mostly on suspense there's actually like not that much gore right um then quint dies and he's getting chewed in half and then oops that's a problem that's yeah. a problem oh! 
ET. I keep getting them to try to like, and I feel like I can't see that movie without bursting into hysterical tears. ET is a good one. I oh. we we sprung that one on our kids early. Ghostbusters is another good one. Those are fantastic. The under ten generation. We, a vacation we just watched again recently. They had never seen Vacation. The like original. Have you seen that with your kids? Oh yeah. It's a strange film. I gotta say, I was because that was like one of the yeah. OGs for me from the eighties. Yeah. It, it Wait, what both, does OG stand for? Uh, just like one of the one of the great comedies of that. But what does it stand for? Like, what does OG stand for, Tommy? Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it had aged both. I was like, old gold. <laughs> <laughs> it had aged terribly and awesomely. Right. But some of the parts aged really badly, and then other yes. stuff was like still really funny. I mean, there were some parts like details like that. I like. There's a couple parts like Chevy was. Like there's when they're talking about going on the vacation and Beverly D'Angelo was like scraping off the dish, like washing the dishes, you know, scraping off the um, dishes to hand to him to put in the um, dishwasher. But he thought that it was to just put away. Yeah. So he, she was just giving him dishes and he was like putting them casually, <laughs> right. in, which I thought was like a beautiful detail. But then something that struck me as being kind of strange was like the I remember it being a boob movie. Like I remember there being boobs in it. But I was like, it's so interesting that you just, that we just see mom's boobs. Like it's yeah. just Beverly D'Angelo's boobs. She broke them out. Twice. Yeah. That was the era though. So I'm like, are we, so who are we? Like, who are we as the audience? Are we dads? Like, who is it for? Like, are we the sons? Yeah, that, I don't think You know they what know. I mean? It's interesting. I think We from, never get to see Christie's because she's America's sweetheart. Oh, that that would have. That would have been too expensive. And too expensive. Yeah. She would have been 20 million. But isn't that interesting? Well, so I think that was the era from late 70s through like 85. Yeah. It was like Porky's and but like it's nudity, nudity plus comedy was a thing. And then it kind of went too far in the kitchen. Who is watching that? Like who is the, who is it for? Like who, I don't are, know. They, who are those boobs for? They made a lot of money too. Yeah. It made I mean, for everybody. Amazing in that movie. Yeah, like, she's, she's really a comic. Good. Like I thought her performance was fantastic. I agree. She's so good. Like her every take, I, I thought she was just solid. I just thought that was very interesting. I thought I could get away with watching that movie with my kids, but then there's the scene when the cousin asks, hey, have you ever bopped your baloney? And <laughs> oh. both of my kids are like, what's that mean? How do you bop your baloney? I'm like, uh. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of great because those can kind of go over the. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you hope. Yeah. That was so weird. They both asked. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, it's, oh it's God, a drug and the, thing. And the young, um, that was so interesting to be like, oh, it's the young. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall? Well, yeah. And he's awesome in that he's movie. He's good. Rusty. He's fantastic. That scene where they have with the beer when he's talking about life. Oh, yeah. He's so good in that good scene. Good talk, Russ. Um, good talk, Russ. But uh, the from um, uh, 30 Rock, um, uh, Jane... Oh, Jane Krasinski. Amazing. Yeah. My daddy says I'm 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 totally botching that line, but says I'm the best French kisser. Yeah. She's amazing. I forgot that she was in that movie. They remade that movie, which made me sad. I feel I only feel like they should. Oh, they remake did. I didn't movies. see it. Right. They, they did. They should only remake movies if the other movie is not watchable. I talked about this with Keegan Michael Key, because he was on and we did uh But why would about they Predator. do that though? Well, Predator had really bad special effects. So you could you could say like 30 years later, we could do a better version of this. Uh -huh. Like we have better technology now. This could be a much cooler, better movie. I love Keegan. And they kind of reinvented it. 
that's, I think where we've gotten into trouble is just like, this worked 30 years ago. We'll make it again. Mm. And that doesn't seem like that ever really works. Mm. You would sequels. You did the bad mom sequel mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's going to be probably a third one, right? Didn't oh, both I, of them make money? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there'll be a third. Who knows? How but much batter can those moms get? <laughs> I don't, I, we saw Predator recently too. The original Predator. I'd never seen it before. Bad special effects. It's just from the eighties. They didn't yeah. have, we didn't have the technology. Back Boy, then. just dudes blowing shit yeah. up. A lot of testosterone. So much shit being just blown up. Just like, bleh, yeah. bleh. a lot of muscles and tank tops. So, so much shit being blown up and just so many red, um, just red filters. Just yeah. like, ah, that was like a muscle porn era. Yes. Yes. Rambo. Rambo 2 is just like, Rambo 2 was just him in a tank top, just shooting people that were shooting at him from five feet away. Yes. And him just turning and, yeah. and like his side of his face yes. crinkling and getting weird. And muscle porn. And then just like one-liners. Cobra was another one like that. Cobra. A lot of one-liners. Just like, because that's like all you need is like a good laugh and then back to it. Well, like you a, know, not even a good laugh, just kind of like a, <laughs> and then just like back to it. Because nobody's funnier than than <laughs> selling muscle guys yes. that always have the best sense of humor. So interesting, and then just so much oil. A lot of oil, a lot of baby oil. Yeah, The Rock has taken the baby oil corner now. Yeah, it's covered in. He's so charming, glistening and fast seven. Yeah, fast seven, fast. He's eight. so symmetrical and so charming. You haven't worked with him, have you? No, but I've heard he's the nicest person on the planet. Well, it sounds like does, like just like stepbrothers. We did the oral history of that, mm -hmm. and it just sounded like an awesome experience. Yeah, where everybody's yeah. even ten years later, like that was so much fun. Yeah, I, loved I love it. that written oral history. Yeah, it was good. I didn't hear the the podcast that my husband was talking about the rewatchables. I, yeah, the rewatchables. But I read, but I did read the thing, and I had a really sweet text exchange with Adam afterwards. Be like, that was a really that was sweet to read that because that was He's, a really sweet time in our life. He said it was the single best acting performance he's ever seen. Your first. When you unleashed oh, yourself I was talking on about Scott, John C. Riley. Oh, and McKay and I did have a sweet text exchange. Oh, I, that was crazy to read that. I was like, I will hold that to my heart. Just that little sentence he said. Um, that was really dear. McKay, yeah. You brought it. Was that your first big <sighs> movie or was there one before that? I mean, my- What was your first break? Uh, fast break. Um, point break. My first break was- I mean, I don't know. It's all a little, been a little series of right, random. Go through your IMDb. I mean, I did a movie called How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, and that was like my first movie. I like how you act like I don't know what that movie is. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I feel like maybe that's I'm not your, somebody, you're not the demographic. I'm married to somebody <laughs> who has seen every single rom-com that's ever been made probably three times okay. each. Yeah. Okay. I'm aware. Okay. Have There's, you seen How to, how to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? That's the one with Heath Ledger, right? Nope. That is another- Freddie Prinze Jr.? No, it's Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I got yeah. it. That was my first. I was doing a show called Crossing Jordan at Were the time. Were you like the wacky friend? I was one of two wacky friends. We each had, each of the leads had two wacky friends. So I, it was, it was myself and Annie Parisi were the two- um, uh, wacky best friends. Annie Parisi. I always say Parisi. God, I love her so much. With the two wacky friends of Kate Hudson and Tom Lennon and uh, Adam Goldberg were the two wacky friends of McConaughey. So like big, 
big brunch scene where somebody said it's something inappropriate. No, we were both like, yeah, exactly. We were both like, you know, we would be on either side of her holding coffee cups filled with like nothing walking into work. Do you know what I mean? Like giving her advice. Yeah. Yeah. I vaguely remember that one. Yeah. Charming. Did really great. They had great chemistry. They were adorable. Yeah. So that was your big break. I, 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 it was my first movie. So then what happened? Um, and then I was still on the show called Crossing Jordan, in which I played the grief counselor in a morgue. The what? I, exactly. I don't know if it's an actual position. And then that was on NBC. And then I, pl- and then I did. Um, Is that the one with, uh. Jill Hennessy and Miguel from Ferrer. From Law and Order. I like Jill Hennessy. Um, Miguel Ferrer, who's no longer with us uh. and was one of the greatest humans. And, um. Uh, Ken Howard, who's no longer with us and also an amazing human. Ken Howard's in my office in like four <gasps> From, different spots. Oh. My favorite show ever was The White Shadow. The White Shadow. Yeah. He's in it. He's, he was. I accosted him at the 2012 Producer Guild Awards for 20 oh, I minutes. I say that. Yeah. He, he was, was great. So he's a nice guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah I love, that makes I me happy. Loved him dearly. Um, and his wife, Linda. Um, what they about- all took very good care of us when we first moved to LA. That was like our home. Uh, Ethan and I like was that. Was that show and that cast? Anchorman two thousand four. Yeah, and then I got a little teeny tiny tiny part in Anchorman, um, which I said like four lines, and but that was like the first my first exposure to that world, and you know I wasn't an improviser. I was never did sketch, so I was like in awe of these artists. Like I didn't have any idea that one could do that. I thought like the, you know I'd come from theater where you have like total autonomy over your path on stage. Like once the lights go up. It's yours. Yeah. The night is yours. And that path is yours. So then I came into this world and it was like, oh, you stand in your mark. You kind of dutifully fulfill your. So I felt a real disconnect between what I wanted to do and what was being asked of me. And then I saw this world in which you could kind of there was an opportunity to combine. Um, And then that kind of led to, you know, there was then that stepbrother's summer, which was like the best because I did also did this movie called Revolutionary Road that summer, which was the Sam Mendes movie with Kate Winslet and Leonardo That's a rough DiCaprio. marriage movie. It's a rough marriage movie. You really have to, your marriage has to be in a really solid place to sit to, through that one to for see two through hours. That, movie. It's, that is yeah. one of those, if it's in a bad place, you just kind of turn at each other. It's a dark movie. Wait, uh, you skipped some movies. Tell me what I did. It's you a memory skipped, play in there, guys. I don't know what's happening. You Tell skipped me. the most underrated rom-com of the 2000s. Mm-hmm. A personal favorite of my wife. Mm. We may or may not own it on DVD. <gasps> you still have DVDs? Well, not any. We don't use them anymore, okay. but it's somewhere. I still have DVDs. I don't know why I'm sitting like that. A lot like love. Oh, right. It's real That's cute. That's a good movie. It's real cute. Amanda it didn't Pete, make it Ashley for Kutcher. some reason like the way it should have. It should be remembered as one of the icons. It's sweet. It's long. It's sweet, but it's very, very sweet. And they have very charming chemistry. Ashton Kutcher, yeah. Amanda Pete, mm-hmm. and really good music. And really the music good music. music is like outrageous in it. Yeah, it's really, really That's good. That's a music. good one. It is really, really I highly good. recommend A Lot Like Love. And yeah. I'm not a huge rom-com guy. No, it's really, I think so too. I think it was- That was a, a good one. Yeah. I don't know why that one didn't do better. It had two people at a good point in their career. And yeah. Really interesting. Almost I like love there was like Amanda a rom-com Pete. glut. Yeah, maybe it was like a weird, I don't know, just like a weird pocket of time or something. But I know, Amanda Pete's just phenom. Amazing performer. All right, so Get then- Get in there, Bill after, Simmons. No, what after, if you're playing Fortnite? <laughs> How do you know I'm not? <laughs> I don't. I'm just trusting you. So then after Step Brothers, then it takes off. So what was the first time you oh, led a movie? It took off. 
What do you um, mean took off? You're here now. You've made I it. Am, no, exactly. I am you here got, now. You got called out to be in the BS pod. I mean, that is. This is it. Seriously, that was. It's like winning an Emmy. I am. Um, it's not done now. I'm, no, I'm telling you, my marriage like might have dissolved after this because there's nowhere for me to go. That's um, fine. You had a good run. I had a, we had a great run. Um, uh, you should watch Revolutionary Road and then just break up right after. <laughs> Beautiful music in that too, by the way. Um, I don't know. What was your question? I guess, what was the first time you got put in a position to lead something? Afternoon Delight, which is a movie I did with Jill Soloway. Um, which is like a, I don't know if you've seen it, but I'm really proud of that movie. It's a tiny, teeny, uh, independent that we shot in Silver Lake and did it in like 21 days. And, um, Can you remind me what the plot is? Cause I probably did see it. I'm just old. I don't know if you did see it, but it would be was awesome it too, if you like, did. Was it too like under the radar? Yeah, but it would be awesome if you did. But it, it is about a, um, a, it's like a, uh, a, a woman that lives in Silver Lake with her husband and her kid and she's kind of dissatisfied and her, you know, she and her couple of friends, Couples decide to go to a strip club on a night, you know, like couples night. They think it'd be hipster. And she kind of becomes captured by this stripper played by Juno Temple. And I definitely um, have not seen this. Okay. Anyway, this sounds really good, though. It's interesting. She kind of becomes obsessed with a stripper. And she's kind of, it's interesting. Yeah. And that was just like, we did that in 21 days. It's funny and it's dark and it's interesting. And it won Jill the best director at Sundance and um, Jesus. I don't know how I didn't see this, Tommy. It's so it's it was like it's it's indie indie, and um, but anyway, that kind of led to Transparent for her, and I played the rabbi in Transparent, and um, I was going to ask, did you see the the you must have seen the seeds for this bigger career she's going to have? It's is- yes, yeah, well, certainly, and it was just a lot of the same um, uh, uh, creatives involved in Transparent, like a lot of the same crew, um. Yeah, we're born from that movie and from that from that way of working, certainly. Um, and then uh, that led to a lot of the see a lot of that same world and way of working, and a lot of those people led to this show I did called I Love Dick with um, Kevin, Kevin and Kevin Griffin. Bacon. Griffin Dunn. I don't know if you've ever met or never met him. But uh, delightful. Spending my life for my whole life. I, feel I mean, like. he is a gem. You would just have the greatest time with him. He's a a phenomenal human being and such an interesting person. Well, his his dad was one of my favorite writers. Yeah. And his aunt is Joan Didion. Yeah. And he's a really interesting human his being. His dad was when the OJ thing was going oh, down. Oh, yes. He was like the guy to read every yes. month. Vanity every Fair month. come out. He was amazing. Amazing. Yeah, what he a- He wrote about it. He's He was one of the best true crime writers- Ever. That we had. Yes. He was like in- it was this whole world I was so fascinated by, like him at these weird LA rich cocktail parties yes. talking about OJ. I'm like, oh, then what happened? You know, he's just and then really what, good at that's capturing. That's tied into his legacy. Yeah. Like, it's and a, the, the yes. daughter dying, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like a rich Kennedy, like, I mean, their whole. Yeah. It's an interesting. Could be a person. documentary. For sure. His documentary is really beautiful. The Center Will Not Hold. He directed a documentary on his aunt, Joan. Um, I didn't see it. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so then the, and Bad Moms was, was that the biggest hit That was certainly had? like, I, I, yeah, that was certainly, I think the biggest, like, I don't know. I actually don't know if that, but I, I felt it the, the biggest, I think, personally, um, in those ways, I think the, the, that was one the of those, response. I saw the, 
I saw like the trailer, the commercial, and I was like, oh, that's going to make money. It was just a good idea. It was such a was good such idea. It was such a great, the script was so rock solid. Like the chemistry between the ladies was just like so effortless. It was just like, oh, okay. I, it, it's like one of those things like, it was just so, it just happened so to me because I never had expected that to land like as hard, as quite as hard. I knew it was going to do well, but it was yeah. like, oh, I it was like. Still a real a real thrill. I love that part. I like bad words too. I actually thought that yeah. one was gonna hit. Yeah, and I was really it's excited for it Jason. Didn't totally hit. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. good though. Yeah, I was really excited for Jason. He's such a he's a solid director. Um, he was on the pod, I think like three or four weeks ago. Yeah, and it was weird because we'd run into each other a bunch of times, but we'd never actually done a podcast. Yeah, and uh, I I used to love him in the eighties. Yeah. Because he was in this show called It's Your Move that was like the weirdest show that's ever been on television. I have never even heard of this. It was this kid, this child of a divorce <gasps> whose mom, the next door neighbor likes his mom and he just is basically sabotaging it every episode. Sabotaging them getting together. I, I swear that was the premise. Oh my God, you were like- I was like, this show's for me. This for is great. You. Yeah. I was like, this is what my life is like. Oh my gosh. <laughs> There's a lot of children in the in the eighties that had that same sure. of, Yeah, some good divorce children stuff. Yeah. So so what do you have? What's coming up? Um, I have a movie for Netflix. It's coming up called Private Life that I'm real Netflix. Super proud of. Yeah. Tamara Jenkins directed it with it's uh, Paul Giamatti and myself. Um Play. Paul Giamatti. Yeah, this the greatest. Does he yell at you during human. the movie? He's a t no. He's so tender. It's so opposite of what he's playing in. Really? Billions. You don't get berated by him? No, I berate him. It's oh. real tender. I mean, he's like we play a couple that's like been um going you know going, going through, through some stuff trying to find a baby. I mean trying to oh. trying to uh, going through infertility. So we're trying to make a family, and it's been a long, long haul, and um it's real personal, and it's I couldn't be prouder. It's beautiful. And Molly Shannon's in it and John Carroll Lynch and this young woman named Kaylee Carter who's incredible. And it's, um, yeah, couldn't be prouder. Tamara Jenkins is a, a goddess. And so that's kind of, that's pretty thrilling. How are you doing the whole movie career thing when you were also had young kids? Because I know it was like, for my wife, it was tough for her to like remember to buy toothpaste for like a year because her brain was like broken from no, yeah, all the it, chaos in the house. We, it is, it is, um... It's impossible. <laughs> I don't have a disaster. <laughs> it's not happening. I don't know. It's one foot in front of the other. I mean, I... That would have been my guess. Yeah, it's impossible. You just kind of survive day by day. Yeah, you Make crawl, sure you show up on the set on time. Crawl into bed and you pray for some uninterrupted hours of sleep without waking up panicking about what you would forgot to do or need to do the next day. Or being thrown up on. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're past that a little bit. Now we well, just, now they're past, but right. I'm saying like, Eight, nine years ago. Oh, I know. And then we decided to bring a fucking dog into like a puppy into the mix, like an idiot. Oh like finally. We're like, why would we do that? I love them. I love him though. Banjo. It gets better when they get older. It's all good. I just keep trying to it's all good. It's like I just keep trying to remember how fast it's going and that we're gonna just it's just the house is gonna be so quiet so soon and just to try to remember to enjoy the chaos. Cause I love that. I love that, that noise in a house. I don't mind it. Dog yeah. feet clicking all over the place like and too. books all over and just like, ah, like I, I don't mind it. Um, I've been thinking about it a lot this year. Cause my daughter is in the eighth grade and 
she's been at the same school since kindergarten. Mm, mm. And it's a school that goes kindergarten, eighth grade. So when she got there, yeah. the eighth graders, they would take, you know, they would match up a kindergarten kid with an eighth grader. Yeah. And that would be like your buddy. And I was always like, man, someday it's always going to be the one matched up with the kindergartner. That's going to be so weird. And now she's in the eighth grade and it's happening. And she's like the oldest kid in this school where she was like the baby. And it's now I'm just like, oh, I'm just old. Shoot myself. Yeah. Yeah. Just no, like drive same with off us. a cliff. Like he's in sixth grade. And it's, it's like they're planning. They're like, it's like a secular bar and mitzvah in their school. Like they're like graduation ceremony. Oh, like yeah. Basically, like they have this big ceremony where they have to give speeches and all this. Like, and I'm like, I they do a slideshow of like how much they've, and I remember sitting there watching. You act like I didn't go to 10 bar mitzvahs last year. (laughs) The slideshow got me every time. Every time. The slideshows are amazing. They're like directed by Martin Scorsese. Oh, totally. Especially in LA. Everybody's so good out here. Totally. And I'm a disaster every, every single time. I feel like I'm on the verge of hysterical tears. Like I look at him and I'm like, I see him underneath this. Like we wear the same size shoes now. Like, yeah. But I see this little boy still. It's the nape of the neck that kills me. That's the most vulnerable still. Like you see that little area. And I'm like, <laughs> <gasps> I just want to die. Cause he's still so young, but he's like yeah. trying to like. Trying to be uh, cool. Anyway, it's all so stupid fast. My, um, my daughter and wife hit a point this, year, this summer where they're exactly the same height. And they can wear each other's clothes now and stuff. So that's been okay. Yeah, it's okay. That's been good for bonding. Nothing else has been good for bonding at all. Not yeah, how one are thing. they? Are they like... It's rough. It's rough. That's a rite of passage, but though, right? That's is, okay. This is what happens. That's totally what happens. 13-year-old okay. daughters are meant to aggravate their moms and vice versa. They it's just it's just the to. rule. You have to. Well, they have You'll to go learn how to... You know, my mom used to call it the bitch calling phase. Like, I'd be like, bitch! Door slam! Like, it was like, you just have to slam doors for yeah. a while. Yeah. That's all right. It's fine. I'm just going to live with Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Me and Ben will move Should in I with ask Kyle. you these questions for my yeah, husband? Yeah, let's do it. Ask the questions. This I'm is nervous. Pig, Nobody's this ever is turned Latin. that table on me like Pig this. Latin to me. Then you can do with these what you will, you guys. Okay. He's very passionate. Well, she's getting a dramatic sip of water first. Okay. This is because I love it. Okay. The hardened trade. Yeah. That's the question? No, I don't know anything about this. <laughs> the hardened trade was uh, was terrible when it happened. Okay, I wait, wrote two I... different columns about it, and I was right. I would like to assert that this was a great trade for the Thunder. That's your husband said that? First, Harden had to go. I believe this because, A, the night they lost to the Heat in the finals, I remember seeing a video posted of him wearing a phenomenal all-white outfit in a nightclub showering people with money. Mm. While this is not in itself notable, I think it might have slightly indicated a cultural conflict with what the Thunder organization was attempting to build and maintain. Is your husband Sam Presti? He just, you don't get that joke. He just isn't the Boy Scouty person they were looking for. This mm. is a conjecture. And B, Harden's first comments after being traded to the Rockets were something like, this is what I've always wanted my own team, indicating that this one-way Super Bowl-dominated player on a team with two absurdly high-usage players was never going to embrace a Manuian role, ever. He had to go. Secondly, I'd argue that the return they got in return was actually sufficient. The pick that became Adams 
the rights to Jeremy Lamb and more minutes for a very young and extremely talented Reggie Jackson. I'm leaving the short term rental of Kevin Martin out of it. If Lamb had panned out, which he kind of has now, just a few years too late, and if Jackson embraced his Manuin opportunity, I believe that this trade was actually brilliant. For Harden, a redundancy to Westbrook and Durant with zero interest in defense, they got two rotation guys and Adams and the Jeremy Lamb that should have been and more time for the Reggie Jackson that should have been. It is terrible luck that Lamb and Jackson broke shitty, but that does not make it a bad trade. Are you prepared to agree with me on this matter? I'll take your answer off the air. That was amazing. I think this could be a new segment for The Ringer. <laughs> okay. Will, you, will you, you dramatically read your husband's hot basketball takes? <laughs> I got a couple more. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I hate to break it to you. I know you've decided to spend the rest of your life with this person, but he's dead wrong. Okay, great. Yeah, he's dead okay. wrong. Okay, it was I a really this. bad trade. Um, it was poorly conceived. Yes. And he's in a lot of denial. <gasps> I love this. I'm all turned on now. <laughs> Wait a second, though. Okay. Your husband stayed with them when they moved from Seattle to OKC? I mean, it clearly looks like that. I don't know anything that's happening, you guys. I'm like, I, this makes me feel so Does sweaty. Does he watch, watch basketball? It's sweaty because the air could all of a sudden it got like 20 years No, I'm, I'm full of anxiety because I'm reading something that I don't understand. Um, it's just words. When he's watching basketball or, or OKC playing Oklahoma City, is he cheering for them? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Does he watch sports? All the time. He's okay, obsessed. But you don't know what he's watching. No. Okay, number two, the five okay. LeBrons. The five LeBrons. Evaluating all time. Okay. Uh, these aren't questions. It sounds like these are no, they're auditions not. I said for that. his I told basketball them that. I'm like, I don't think these are questions. These are like his takes. This is great. We should have just called them. <laughs> okay, I'm missing the top of this. Wait, hold on. The five LeBrons. Uh, evaluating five all LeBrons. time. Pers- I think it's safe to say that James wins the five LeBrons versus five anybody else tournament. But I further think that five LeBrons would have a shot against any lineup ever of any five players. Any lineup ever. Even your alien defense lineup. <laughs> I think Kareem, Tim, Larry, Michael, and Magic would have a very, very f- tough time with five LeBrons, as James would have very big advantages in every match lineup that I think ultimately outweighs his disadvantages in those matchups. It is this thought that makes me, even as a crotchety old man, lean in that James' direction in the boring, and I'm sorry to bring this up, goat conversation. Yeah. No other player could meet this standard. Not Scotty, not Hakeem, not Michael. Maybe Wilt, but this range, though. Agree or disagree? So this is off. I had an argument about if you had five of the same person yeah. playing against five of other same people, yeah. who would win? And the argument was like five LeBrons would beat five Michael yes. Jordans, five Shaqs. Yes. Um, I th- I think five LeBrons win. So I think we actually agree on this one. Okay, that's He's great. just wrong on the Harden trade. Harden trade wrong. Okay, now this is the last one. Free Darko. Yeah. As a Sonics fan, Free Darko saved my basketball life. I see its influence everywhere. I'm just from a geek out perspective, wonder how you view the site looking back. And if you know those fellows and if you've ever flirted with bringing any of those writers onto the ringer. Um, did not read the site. And I think one one of the people we have that works for us actually uh, actually wrote for them. Chris Ryan. Chris Ryan. Yeah. Okay. Listen, I don't, literally, this was reading Pig Latin. I feel like I was led up to the mountain for you. And now I feel like I can just be let go in into the universe. It's amazing. 
Anyway, you're welcome. This podcast Ethan. was so much more exciting and 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 it just went in directions I wasn't expecting. Well, I'm really. I've glad. never had somebody. I want to now have you come in and read basketball takes. Let's do it. As part of the ringer. Fine. But like just, just having someone knowing dramatic reading. It's like me reading a freaking car manual. Well, the best part. Like I don't know what I'm talking well, about. Well, the best part was when you said Manuian, which was after Manor Ginobili, which is, by the way, a new, you've created a new word that I think actually works. I'm gonna, Manuian is a word. I'd just never heard it before. You gave it this little edge that I thought was fantastic. Well, um, you're well this was great. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate me. it. I'm sorry I got hot in here, but I don't know. It no, it's such a pleasure meeting degrees. all of you guys. This was really fun. Uh, well, thank you're you a beautiful for coming brain, So thank you for, really was my pleasure. And my husband is going to be goddamn thrilled. <laughs> he really is. <laughs>